You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 161 and 162 of Talking Through the Bible. Talking. The oral tradition is happening right here with, uh, I think, two really great pilots. You can trust <laughs> us. There might be some areas of turbulence, but we are safe. We have education and we have faith and really we're engaging the story. It might be fun to do this like, you know, every year for the rest of our lives and then go back and listen to the subtle differences. Yeah. And I can just great. imagine like, oh, I remember on 200, day 202, you said this, but mm-hmm. now you believe this. How interesting. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Most important thing is get this story into your soul. The redemption <sighs> of God's people it's by loving soul stories. Yes, soul stories. All right, Matt, where are we? Our Old Testament reading for today is 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 13, through chapter 18, verse 18. Mm. Well, sweet mm. David is reaping the temporal consequences of his sin. Temporal. That's in this time, right? Yeah. Tem- the temporary, temporary consequences. Very, uh, very in his face, actually. And in today's section... The old phrase, you reap what you sow, kind of, or things come back. Yeah. There is uh, some truth to this, and you'll see the spirit and the actions of Absalom are getting worse and worse. So, let's get into today's drama. So, Absalom is in Hebron, gathered a massive uh, force of Israel around him, and it's now being announced that he's, Israel has anointed him as king. He's stealing all the hearts, so Mm -hmm. he takes... uh, like everything Absalom does, he, he does the slow play yeah. to get revenge and to get power. It starts with revenge on his, uh, his stepbrother Amnon. And now it's going, uh, really, he's still upset against his dad. Mm-hmm. He's been winning the hearts. And now he's making his move. And so David realizes, so where we're at today is David realizes, I got to get out of Jerusalem. Yeah. And again, we're kind of seeing David is very forgiving and lenient towards family family but he's and he's also like i don't want to make this into something like a giant war right if i don't need to there's a wisdom and a softness to david i think that yeah, you'll see I, no I, I in this instance i totally agree because um you realize he has all these um the the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and the Gittites. You got he has all these people who have kind of converted mm-hmm. that have come under his wing and many of these guys have have fought for him and mm-hmm. with him, and especially during his time running from Saul. Like, yeah. he's made a lot of friends, and people have come to believe in him and in his God. And so you see the sadness of everyone going, are we really leaving? And he's saying, yes, we're leaving. There's weeping. Mm-hmm. And then um, even kind of assigning positions as he's going, right? Yeah. So he's kind of um, he's kind of getting his military leaders together. The priests show up the high priest yeah. uh, Zadok and Abiathar they show up with the ark of the covenant and are like uh we're going with you man right and david's like no no god is supposed to, like this is the city we're going to stay he's going to stay in israel i'm not sure where we're going yet so we need to stay here and maybe this is all ordained by god so until we find out i need you guys to be here and you can at least be my eyes and ears in the city right. Well, that's what David's so wise too, because he's got his military guys 
saying, we'll go with you. And he says, no, no, no. And he's kind of testing, like, yeah. look, I get it. He's finding out who really is loyal. Military guys need to be with the king. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go with Absalom, I just need to know. And they're like, no, we're with you. But this is going to be a big hassle. They say, no, we're with you. Mm -hmm. And then you got the priests. We're with you. No, no, no. Keep the Ark of God here. And Mm -hmm. then what does David says something cool? Like, if I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me see both it and his dwelling place. But if I have no pleasure. So we're kind of getting back to David's roots of... I ask the Lord, I trust the Lord, which has been nice because mm-hmm. the last several chapters, he's been operating kind of out of his own... Uh, success. His success, yeah, mm-hmm. and his own trust of himself. So he's going back to this position. This is where David is best, on the run mm-hmm. and in need of God. And, and so you see his heart come through here. It is interesting that his as he's leaving, he ascends the Mount of Olives. Weeping as he went barefoot with his head covered. Which is a very interesting. Yeah, there's so many Jesus tie, Jesusy things that yeah. David does, or I think Jesus engages in uh, the good things the, of David. Yeah, and like these were good instincts, and so yeah, of course, when we're people of God, we do things that are similar, and so Jesus acts in some ways like David, but not in any of the bad David ways. And then this is when David learns that his chief advisor, uh, uh Ahithophel? Okay, let's uh, agree on how to say this guy's name. Ahithophel? Yeah, Ahithophel. 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 <laughs> so Ahith- Ahithophel, Ahithophel is like so wise, he's become one of the main guys. Like, what do we do, Ahithophel? And so David actually prays. Yeah, so, uh, so he's supporting Absalom, and it seems to imply, too, that he was behind encouraging Absalom to take over his dad's reign right. anyways. Uh, there's like a weird connection. This is a possibility. We don't know this for okay. fact, but it is interesting to think about that uh, Ahithophel is yes. Bathsheba's grandfather. Oh. And so there could be some... Latent feelings of, of disgust and, and distrust. Like, uh, you really... You killed my son-in-law. Yeah, like, really? And you stole my do- like yeah. my granddaughter. Uh, not cool. Yeah, I don't and, care who you are. And then Absalom's also probably wanting, like, the, his big thing was, my dad doesn't provide justice, and I think it goes back to, my dad should have dealt with Amnon and didn't. And so think about all the people who felt like they were wronged by a king. Yes. So. And so that's what it allures to, and that's what it usually overthrows. You always allure mm-hmm. to the other. Birds of a feather flock together. So um, he finds out that Ahithophel is against him, mm-hmm. so he prays, yes. turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. It's like, we don't think of prayer that way, we, and rightly so. I mean, we try to think of it like, God bless our enemies yeah. and protect us, but I think there are times where it's like, if someone's working against me, don't, let, don't bless that, Lord. Yeah. So David then uh, worships, and then he calls his new trust, he has trusted people. He has, yeah, other guys. So... He doesn't just, that's the nice thing about David, is he doesn't just have like one guy he puts all his trust into. He has definite, multiple sources. So basically what happens here is you got Zadok and Abiathar, the priests. They're going to go back. Mm -hmm. And then he sends his buddy Hushai. Yes. Hushai, he says, Hushai, don't come with me. I need you to be my eyes and my ears. So between the priest and Hushai. And I need you to frustrate the advice of Ahithophel. And that's what's going to happen, um, we'll see, towards the end of this section. It's pretty great. But mm-hmm. we're just setting up the scene. Two priests, 
You got Hushai, who's an also a counselor. He's kind of trying to uh, level out Ahithophel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so then David's leaving. And as he's leaving... We get an interesting scene. Yeah, you get Ziba. Okay, so Mephibosheth, yes. Jonathan's son, son with uh, who's lame in both feet, mm-hmm. obviously is not going to be able to run through the wilderness. Nope. Well, Ziba, I think, sensing the shift in power, yes, decides to betray Mephibosheth. Yes, because he he's freaking out, thinking it's all over or something. Or he just sees he sees a chance to become more than a servant. Yes, and so he lies to David. Well, we don't know that yet. In but, the story, but we do. But it, we do. So we are just going to say, uh, yeah. spoiler, he's lying to David. So he shows up with his family, and David's like, where's Mephibosheth? And and Ziba says, oh, he's turned against you. He want, he he thinks that he can, like the he said, the Lord is going to give the kingdom back to the to line me. of Saul. The line of Saul to me, which mm-hmm. is absurd because Absalom has nothing to do with Saul. Yeah. And so, but it's a lie. And, and and David kind of rashly just goes, yeah, sweet. Everything that Mephibosheth owned, everything that Saul owned, is now yours. See, David's just getting it off his yeah. His he's email. just like checking. Yeah, he's like checking Ugh. boxes as he's trying to run. You know, he's trying to like yeah, empty out his box and go. Okay, and he's whatever. trying to find out who's with me, who's not. But you ever notice like in these stories and in our lives, it's like big stuff's going on, and all of a sudden people are just. Wanting rash decisions, mm-hmm. wanting rash vows. And we've seen this now through the story, these vows that are made. Yeah. So David does just kind of say, cool, Ziba, you get everything. Um, and then. Although he doesn't make like a, it's not he like doesn't make a backed yeah. by anything. Yeah. Like. So that's just interesting. Then, so there's manipulation there. Then it's followed up by Shimei, who is actually a Benjamite in the line of Saul who shows up to David as they're weeping, and he's cursing and throwing rocks at David and his people. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the people who are with David are saying, hey, should we? Um, why should this dead dog curse my lord and yeah, king? That's his nephew. <laughs> Let me go over Abishai. and take off his head. Mm-hmm. So again, like this is another area where David is older, he's mature, and he's just going... Oh, God, have mercy. You know mm-hmm. what I'll do? Instead of kill this guy, I don't want violence. Violence doesn't stop violence. Mm-hmm. And I could kill this guy, but it's not going to help. And maybe this guy is speaking on behalf of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So like David is acting, almost like Gamaliel in um, in Acts, right? Yeah. There's a spirit of wisdom, like maybe we need to listen to the Lord here. Yeah. But David actually means it mm-hmm. because David knows he's not without sin mm-hmm. and that I have heard. But the truth though, what's so weird is the truth is David did not kill Saul, right? but he's taking the wrath as though he did mm-hmm. from this guy. Mm-hmm. So David allows this guy to keep cursing him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and at first, it's like, why is David doing this? But he allowed this guy to continue to do this. And the only thing I could think of is there's a little bit of spirit of Jesus happening here yeah. where David wants to save all of Israel from more bloodshed. Mm-hmm. He can take the mocking. He can take the rock throwing. Jesus can walk through the humiliation of death and, and failure. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to do it. And so that's kind of a cool... Now, reading it this time, I realize, oh, David is mature leader with his eye on a bigger prize than just his pride in that moment. Yes. Like, get this guy away from me. Yes. Okay, so now... <laughs> this is where Absalom, things intensify. So you got Ziba lying to him, a, a man actually cursing David. But now, probably the biggest insult 
and humiliation is what Absalom moves into. Yeah, so Absalom now rolls into Jerusalem. The uh, ca- what what do we call it? throne castle room uh, the castle the, the king's the king's house, house is yeah. empty. And well, David left ten concubines he, to take care of the house. Yeah, but the house you know is vacant. Yes, of the, of the king, and so Absalom just moves right in. And under, under the so he asks Ahithophel, mm-hmm. "What should I do?" And then you got, um, but at the same time, Hushai, David's oh, secret spy, I shows love up. Hushai's, and Hushai plays on Absalom's pride every time, right? And and he has everything he says is a double meaning. Yes, which is brilliant. Yeah, so it's like he's kind of safe. It's like my friend who used to, back in the old days when we had one phone in our mm-hmm. dorm room, he'd step outside, and look at me across the door and say, "Tell them I'm not in the room." Which is 100% true, but also 100% deceptive. Because he didn't want to talk to someone. Yes. Hey, is Pete there? And it'd be like, he's not looking at him two inches away outside of the dorm room. He's not in the room right now. May I take a message? You jerk. But um, But this is what Hushai's saying. He's saying, long live the king, which again, he's meaning David. But Absalom's hearing it as, oh, you're telling me. And then he goes, wait, isn't your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? Which he means David. Right. And so he says, uh, no, for whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his I will be, and with him I will remain. And who has the Lord chosen? And who did right. the people actually anoint? David. But he says, again, whom should I serve? Should it not be his son? As I have served your father, so I will serve you. Yeah. Which... He's like it's, just playing. It's all love. true. Yeah. It is. It's like uh, I'm not in the room right now. Well, and, and he is serving him. Like so, this is showing us that oh, Hushai, so Hushai is no slouch. Like yeah. he's just as wily and wise as Ahithophel. Yes. But Ahithophel decides to say he's Ahithophel is putting his foot. He's pushing the pedal all the way down. He is going for it. And he says, Absalom, here's what you need to do, bro. Which starts to make sense if he is the grandfather of Bathsheba. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the sins of David affected Absalom mm-hmm. growing up in that home, but yeah. also affected Bathsheba's parents, mm-hmm. Bathsheba's friends and family. Like, there's yeah. a lot more. And so now it's coming back on him. And Ahithophel says, you're going to do uh, something horrible, which is set up a tent on top of the king's house, mm-hmm. and you're going to... Uh, have sexual relationships with all the concubines on top of the house there in the tent so that everyone knows. In front of all of Israel. In front of all Israel. So like you, and this is an ancient way too of saying I'm overthrowing a king. Yes. I now am the king in charge here. Mm -hmm. And it's also double meaning is humiliating David for his sexual indiscretions. And there's no going back. There is no going back. And then that's what Ahithophel wants everyone to know is like the you that way you'll make it, you'll be a stench to your father mm-hmm. is how they say it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Absalom does it, mm-hmm. and he fall, and it says Ahithophel uh, gave as if one consulted the word of God. So they look to him as like the word. He's the final authority on what to do. Yeah, and so it is interesting. Like Absalom is not consulting the priests. He's not consulting no. the Lord. He's consulting his counselors right and so um but david has set up his faithful counselor mm-hmm. husha and this is where it's like brilliant so mm-hmm. ahithophel says here's what we got to do next and he's right he's so, so spot on yeah he's like david is weeping he's totally confused we all know david he's sentimental yeah 
and all the and and he's confused right now. He's not organized. Mm-hmm. We need to send. I don't know how many men. We just need to go. Whoever strike, we have, go strike, strike now. Him. It'll strike panic in all his men, and we only kill the king. Yeah. And then we bring all the people back like a bride on her wedding day into yes. a new house. And we'll save the day. Mm-hmm. And it'll be all chaotic, and this is our chance. Mm-hmm. And really, he's right. Mm-hmm. You have a couple days here to do it. You've asserted yourself. Everyone thinks this is really happening. They think mm-hmm. it's official. Let's do it. And that's where uh, Absalom, for whatever reason, Absalom liked that, and all the elders liked it, but they said, call Hushai. Like, they just want to hear him say, yeah, good idea from the other wise yeah. guy. And that's where Hushai comes in and really throws confusion into it. And I realized how he threw confusion. He, he did facts. Again, it's facts mixed mm. in with the pri- uh, appealing to Absalom's pride. Yes. So the facts are, hey, do we really want to go after somebody who, um, like your dad? Like, I think Ahithophel has given not good advice this time, which mm-hmm. is confusing. Why? Why? Well, you know your father and his men are mighty men. Like they're experts. You know they're expert warriors. You know they survived Saul. Right. And they survived. And it's like the the guy's name is, uh, you know, David beat his 10,000s. Mm-hmm. So we, he says that, you got mighty men, you got an expert in war, and then he's going to be like a bear robbed of her cubs in that field. Yeah. So it's like. He's angry. And even now, we know David. He's already hidden. There is no. Oh, sadness. He's he when he decided to go, he's, he's gone. Ready. He's in a he's hiding in some random pit out in the wilderness and we will never be able to find him. And then everyone's going to assign you to the slaughter that happens. Like, oh, Absalom's just taking us out to die. Yeah, cuz the moment any of our men die that we send after David's men, instantly everyone's going to turn and go, "Oh no, the Lord really is with David." And then that's where, so he puts fear into Absalom. Mm-hmm. Then, and it's all kind of real. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's reasonable. Reasonable. But then he says, this is where he turns and he goes, but my counsel is that all Israel be gathered to you by sand as the sea, you know, like as many as grains of sand out there, I want you to go prepared. And I want, uh, we shall come upon him in some place where he is to be found. And he's saying, we, 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 and you'll be the man who gets the credit for yeah. it. Because right now, if you do it, Ahithophel's way it's like you're back here mm-hmm. and everyone will know even though that's he would still get credit for it yeah but it he draws out this whole plan where Absalom gets all the credit he, uni- he unites all of Israel underneath his kingship and then goes after David as a united front and uh, but Hushai is basically buying David time right. to get um to safety and then start to figure out and organize yes. and make plans for a big attack. Yeah, so it's pretty brilliant. It actually works. So Absalom goes, <clears throat> whoa, okay, I like this. But what's funny is Hushai knows Absalom also, though. He's been yeah. watching everything. So Absalom is always a sucker yeah. for the slow play. Yes. Always. So the last two things we've seen, I mean, he's taken five years to yeah. even do this. Two years to get revenge on Amnon, mm-hmm. another three years to even move back into the city. Like, mm-hmm. so he's all about the slow play. He's like, "Oh yeah, this has always worked for me." Mm-hmm. So he says, "Sorry, Ahithophel, you're. Uh, we're gonna overthrow your wisdom. Don't mm-hmm. worry, we still like you, but it's just bad counsel this time." Yeah. Uh, and then Hushai, or so Zadok and Abiathar hear everything that goes down, yes. and so then they send 
uh, news to their sons who are in another town to go sneak off, find David, and tell David, cross the Jordan as soon as possible, just in case Absalom changes his mind and goes with Ahithophel's advice. And uh, there is, like, some, like, a little, like, fun little side story. It is a fun side story. Where the, the servant girl has the message. She has the message, and... Uh, someone spots uh, the priest's sons and they realize like, oh man, this is like some secret network going on. Yes, there's something still happening. And so they hunt, try to hunt down the priest's sons, but they hide in some dry well of some woman's house. They cover it up and put grain on top yeah. of it. It's like so great. This yeah. is such a... It's almost like a Rahab two-spy incident. It is. I'm telling you, man. It's kind of. Interesting. I can't wait to watch. I, I'm. I'm pretty sure Heaven will have like some kind of Netflix the system. Highlights. highlights. Not, not even. I think we'll just be able to binge the whole story. <laughs> you know, even if it takes 400 years to watch it. Um, but th- it's exciting. There's all this intrigue mm-hmm. and excitement. Well, the message gets back. They survive that. Gets back to David, and so David then gets to prepare. Yeah, he gets across the Jordan. They're all now on the east side of the Jordan. Oh, but in between that. Uh, Ahithophel goes home. Oh, yeah. He basically gets his whole house in order and then hangs himself. Yes. Because he realizes if they're, uh, first of all, they didn't take my advice. So I'm not valued anymore in Absalom. And mm-hmm. second of all, they didn't take my advice. David's going to win. Mm-hmm. I, I'm better. I don't want to see it. Um, and if David comes back into power, I'm dead. I'm dead. Anyway, so, so I, he just kills himself. Might as well just go out on his own terms. Yes. He had his shot. So that guy's out. And another another instance of someone who is trying to comp- do everything on their own, and mm-hmm. the final solution is suicide, apart from uh, God. And then so they get into uh, the land of the east side of the Jordan, and the people over there actually. A lot of big leaders come and help him and, uh, like, support him and give him food. And so, like, the east side of the Jordan is very helpful. There's, like, Israelites there, like, from um, uh, Gad and Reuben yeah. that help him. And then even the uh, the brother to the bad Ammonite king uh, yes. who had shaved off the beards, he actually comes in solidarity and supporting see, David. Here's what I see. Uh, when I was younger, you have this energy that you can do it better than the existing mm-hmm. leader, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, whether it's church or an office or whatever. But what you kind of forget is now Absalom wants this power, mm-hmm. but kind of forgets that, like, David has been working for 40 years and been very good at it. Yes. And so now David reaps some of that, like, so he gets the love of these people on the other side of the Jordan he because does. he's made treaties and he's been <clears throat> faithful to his word. Mm-hmm. And it does remind me too of the scene where the young guy is chasing the older guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the nephew of David is chasing, I forget the, Oh yeah. yeah. Abner. Abner right? yeah. And Abner's like, dude, don't, don't continue after me. Go after someone else. But mm-hmm. he, he's like, no, I'm going to get Abner. And Abner kills him. It's starting to feel like that. Now Absalom is like out of his league. Yes. Like he has the hearts of, of Israel but he does not know how to manage this, and mm-hmm. he's going up one of the great, against the greatest manager of all time, his dad. Yes, and the Lord is with him. And the Lord <laughs> is with David, of course. So David suckers him, I think. So then you have Absalom basically gets suckered into crossing the Jordan into war. Into war, and I think David picks the terrain. Yeah, David like sets him up mm-hmm. because now he knows he knows Absalom's plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna come a little bit later, but we're gonna try and have an all-out war instead yeah. of. 
surprise attack him, which, again, was dumb. Yeah, and so he picks uh, this forest, which the terrain of this forest is super treacherous, so if you're trying to draw up lines and have, like, a like a standard fight, right. it's going to be really hard, and you're going to lose a lot more men to the terrain than you are even to just normal battle. Right. And Again, David's expertise... Now, the thing, though, is he sets up his three generals. Two of them are the sons of Zariah. Two of them are his nephews, and one is a, a foreigner. But he says to them in front of the army, uh, go to war, but whatever you do, don't kill Absalom. Yeah. He says, leave my son alone. Like, you can kidnap him, but don't kill him. And so After it, they tell him not to come out, well, he said, yeah, deal gently. Yeah. For my sake. And, and they already told him, you can't come out to war because you're the only one they want to kill. Yeah. So he says, okay. Um, and then don't hurt Absalom. Yeah. But so the battle is fierce. And, and there's a lot of loss. There's 20,000. Yeah. On I mean, Israel's side. Civil war, man. Like, so they, uh, the battle spreads all over the countryside. Uh, clearly Absalom's forces are losing and so Absalom's riding around on a mule, which again is what a king would do, is ride on a mule. Yeah. And, and his thick, lustrous hair yeah. that we've heard about, that weighed a lot, uh, is his downfall. Yeah, so the royal mule keeps moving while the royal hair of Absalom gets stuck in a tree. Yes. So, you know, the curse in Deuteronomy is to hang from a tree. Yeah, curse is anyone who hangs from a tree. So... Absalom hangs from a tree, not in the traditional way. Yes. But because of his glory, his yeah. hair. Yes. It gets caught up, so he's hanging there, and uh, and so the guys are scared to disobey the king, and so they yeah. tell Joab, mm-hmm. Joab, we found Absalom. Did you kill him? No, we're not going against the king. Yeah. And Absalom's like, Ugh. Uh, Joab is. I'm sorry, Joab is so like, and he's been with David a long time. And he's like, I know, but sometimes David doesn't know what's trying to kill him, and also. I don't think there's going to be a clear end to this war if we don't just kill the main leader. And David can't use the old, oh, he's the anointed of the Lord, I can't touch him this time, because Absalom is not anointed. Yes. And so Joab walks up there, takes three javelins, javelins, (laughs) and just throws them through the heart of Absalom. Yeah. Fum, fum, fum. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then he even commands his servants to, like, finish him off like now it's, yeah. it's intense and then they stone him basically they do a traditional stoning they, of his dead then body. they put him in a pit yeah and then throw stones all over his body yeah so at the end of it here's that's where we end today yeah and we haven't gotten to next time we'll talk about david's reaction to this because it's pretty epic but you know um you think about absalom the the straight up rebellious son of the king mm-hmm and everything he goes through here is um, is through curse. He walks through humility. I mean, he he deserves to be humiliated. He deserves to die. Absalom does for mm-hmm. what he's doing. But the similarities remind him. I mean, they they're similar to Christ and what Christ did. And so I was trying to figure out what is the connection there. Why why is Christ on a tree? He's publicly humiliated, like all these things. And it's like oh, because Christ walks the path of Absalom. Mm-hmm. But he's not a rebellious son. Not the rebellious... But he takes all the punishment as right. if he were a rebellious right. son. But the curse of the one who did try to get the Father's throne, Jesus takes. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and Jesus' death spares the deaths of Israel. 
Yes. He's ending the war. Mm-hmm. He dries, dies on a yeah. tree bearing God's curse. Yeah. And so in a way, it's like Absalom is the, the actual event. Like that makes more sense than what mm-hmm. Christ did. Christ mm-hmm. is doing that because of Absalom. Mm-hmm. And getting what Absalom deserves, you know? Yes, because of us, yeah. To save all of us, though. So, like, yeah. it is bigger. It's not like maybe we haven't tried to overthrow. We do in little ways, mm-hmm. the Father's throne. But there's, like, a bigger level, an eternal level. That mm-hmm. So Christ walks through the humiliation of David the, mm-hmm. and the death of Absalom, which is rightly earned, but does it to spare us from the civil war yeah. and the death the, that would come otherwise. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's good. Woo! Moving on. Uh, yeah. Moving on to our New Testament today. Our New Testament reading today is Acts chapter 6 through chapter 7, verse 43. Why don't you set us up? We're meeting Stephen. Yes. Give us the, uh, the scene here for Stephen. So we have... The movement is growing. They're yeah. gaining members more and more and more. And... Uh, they're starting to run into normal operational disputes. Yes. Like Ugh. maintaining a, a group of people <laughs> this big, you start to get arguments and disputes. And so far, the 12 have been trying to handle everything, but it gets to a point where they're like, uh, we need help. Yeah, it's just, first of all, it's <clears> volume. <throat> but then, like I was saying, the, the miracle of unity, mm-hmm. it's really a miracle. Yeah. And so uh, the bigger this thing gets, though, the harder unity is. Yes. Like, you have to work more on it. So uh, what happens here is the Hellenists, so you have, when uh, Israel was dispersed through mm-hmm. their several um, exiles. exiles and everything, all these languages are introduced, all these cultures, and so... Uh, th- so there's Jews just scattered throughout right. uh, different countries. And so even in Jerusalem, there's Hellenistic mm-hmm. Jews, so Jews who speak... Greek, mm-hmm. and so the the movement really starts with Hebrews, mm-hmm. Hebrew Jews, you know, and now it's going out to the Greeks, mm-hmm. and so the dispute is the uh, the Jewish folks who speak Greek, their widows are being neglected, yes. which is true, this is, but yeah. not because anyone's angry. It's just because well, all the guys who are becoming deacons and becoming servants of the Lord are speak Hebrew, so mm-hmm. they don't know that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they have to address these issues, and this is how they address it. And so the apostles are like, okay, we don't want to have to solve these issues because it's not right that we should give up preaching the word <laughs> to serve tables, which is an interesting... I don't think anyone really says that yeah, a whole so lot. Yeah, so my question is... <laughs> okay, so listener, what would you rather do? Would you rather go kind of help distribute food to the, the Greek widows mm-hmm. and help serve... Or would you rather preach the word of God... And devote yourself to prayer. To prayer. See, for Matt and I, we're going, <laughs> oh, man, I would love just to pray and preach the word of God. Like, do we, we don't have time to serve the tables. <laughs> but I know people who are like, the last thing they want to do is publicly speak. Uh, yeah. And prayer <clears throat> is cool, but you know what? What do I need to do? Yeah, and so I don't want to spend three hours praying. It's such a great... Um, I, mean, I don't know. It's encouraging to me... Because we have different gifts and different mm-hmm. callings. 
And it's not saying like, oh, that pastors and preachers don't mm-hmm. need to serve or doing it. It's it's just saying, look, we have gifts and callings and we want to be able to be most efficient in them and most productive. Mm-hmm. We need help. We're the yeah. body of Christ. And so they pick out uh, seven men who are of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom, and they appoint them to this duty um, by their names alone. It's pretty clear that they're all Hellenistic Jews mm-hmm. to serve the Hellenistic yeah. widows, which is really like practical and thoughtful consideration and um one of the men men well two are will reappear is stephen and philip but uh, and the requisite like these would be our deacons today yeah i said that you did the requisite yeah yeah you said the requisite but i'm just saying like in today's language it is like you're full of the spirit you have a record of faithfulness to Mm -hmm. the lord to your family and like you're a good solid person you say you're going to do something you're going to do it and mm-hmm. you love the lord and you love people you know what i yeah, mean yeah um that's the requisite yeah and then uh so it says the word of god continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in jerusalem and and this is a fun line a great many of the priests became obedient to yeah. the faith so now we're starting to see a shift among the very priesthood of the temple and now they're starting to go I think they're right. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, they're coming to faith, which is amazing. I think this is so. I cool. wonder if it's connected though to um, the the way that the the Christian movement under the power of the Holy Spirit now mm-hmm. is starting to organize and be able to take on more people. Mm-hmm. And the priests, it feels like it's almost more of a, a less of a theological conviction and more of a practical conviction. Mm-hmm. Conviction, like the priests are going. Oh wow, we're really seeing this fulfill what God has always wanted to fulfill. Like we take we're taking care of each other. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But yeah, you're right. That's an easy line to overlook. But yeah. the priests are now converting. So like yeah, that's great. the uh the leadership is losing total <clears throat> control. Mm-hmm. So what happens when you lose total control? When yeah. you're operated by fear? Overreact. Fear gives birth to violence mm-hmm. because now you're so scared you have to respond in violence to just shut everybody up. So this is where we get our first martyr after mm-hmm. Jesus, our first real martyr here, and that's Stephen. Yeah, so Stephen, uh, freshly elected Stephen. We're not yeah. given how much time he's Full operating. of grace and power. He's doing great wonders and signs among the people, and uh, some of the synagogues uh, start to take offense to Stephen, and they don't like what he's doing. They don't like that he's operating and actually performing miracles and speaking with authority, and they try to um, shut him down with false accusations like they did with Jesus. Yeah, they. I mean, they're saying that he speaks against the temple, and the law. We heard him mm. say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us, which is absolutely amazing because, mm. well, we'll see. Stephen then has to respond with a, an amazing and long speech. Yeah, uh, but during this amazing and long speech, yeah. apparently his face begins to shine like an angel, almost reminiscent of, so they accuse him of speaking against Moses. Yeah. And whose face shone with the glory of God, Moses. And so now Stephen's face begins to light up with the glory of God and full of the Spirit. And he now launches into this amazing retelling of the history of the people. He he retells the story with a shining face. Mm -hmm. But 
he's telling the story before, during, and after the giving of the law. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to the Exodus. Oh, so he goes back to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, mm-hmm. and then all the way up to the Exodus. He's giving this amazing retelling of the law. Yeah, and, th- and meanwhile, being accused that he doesn't know it and is mm-hmm. against it, mm-hmm. and, he, and his face is shining. I like that, man. That's amazing. Like, and the other thing too is he's Greek, so or Greek speaking, and so that's the other accusation that like he wouldn't really know. The yeah, because there is that's the see that's the, it's like, like subtle racism. It is. through all yeah, of this. Absolutely. Well, but, he gives the whole speech at the end of it, and we don't get all the way to the end. We stop in forty three today. Yeah, but. Um, it's a beautiful speech. It gives you the whole... It, it sums up like the whole it Old sums Testament. Up everything. And he does what <laughs> Peter does too, which is uh, this... He, he quotes Moses where he says, God mm-hmm. will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. Yes. And, um, and I, I, I don't... That is so important to me now. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus is the prophet that Moses spoke about. Mm-hmm. Peter sees it that way. Stephen sees it that way. And um, and he's trying to be as clear because I love you. Guys. He's like I love you guys. Yeah. You guys are you are the chosen priests to the world, and the the prophet has come. But he ends with quoting, uh, "Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? Mm-hmm. You took up the tent of Molech." Mm-hmm. And he basically says you um, worshipped idols instead. Yes. And this is where we stop. Mm-hmm. But the note we want to make is. He really is the first fruit. Yes, so he's the first fruit of this Christian movement. Of the Holy Spirit, like, mm-hmm. growth. Since Jesus. And at the first fruit, in Deuteronomy, yeah, you are to give a retelling of the law. So he essentially... Retelling of the whole story. He's yeah. retelling the whole story as a Greek Hebrew. He's retelling it as he's being accused of not being really for Moses or the law. Yeah. He's retelling it beautifully... And his face is shining as God fills him. Mm-hmm. Now, he will become, and this will be in the next day's reading, but he's going to become the first martyr. Yes. They're going to kill him. And so, in essence, at the first fruits, he becomes the first fruit of this movement, which is death by the religious structures, <clears throat> um, but it's going to multiply, and this is when the church really takes off. They say the blood of the saints is the... Um, Oh, I just went blank on it. It's like the something of the church. It's like the... Fertilizer? Yeah. The blood of the, the saints. The manure? Is, <laughs> no, that's, is, that's less poetic. Is the foundation of it's the, the church. Or it grows. It grows yeah. the church. It multiplies the church. And um, so Stephen, in his martyrdom, he's acting as the first fruits. Mm-hmm. But as we'll see tomorrow, um, it's all good. We have a Lord who loves us. Anyway, I, I'm just being struck more and more by the boldness that we have and asking for a spirit of boldness and saying, you know what? I can proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and I'm not going to be ashamed. All right. Today I'm going to read Psalm chapter 71 verses 19 through 24. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. 
and my tongue will talk of your righteous and my tongue <laughs> and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long for they have been put to shame and disappointed who have sought me to do hurt fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.